Did you ever wonder what could have been with the AWA had things gone differently? Had their fortunes gone differently? Had certain wrestlers not left and perhaps more money would have been at the disposal of the Ganyas? Well, wonder no further. You can go to Brad Drake's YouTube channel and experience the 1987 Supermod for yourself. As Brad Drake starts off in May 1987, along with Greg Ganya, Baron Von Rochke, Vern Ganya himself, Nick Bockwinkle, Larry Zabisco, Kurt Hennig, and a slew of others as he plays and saves the AWA. Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I know if you're listening or watching this that you enjoy the podcast. In order to continue the podcast, we need financial support from viewers and listeners like you. There's a few ways you can do this. One is by going to anchor.fm forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N dash Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N, the number three, and click on the support button. There you'll have choices of how much you would like to make in monthly contributions. You can also go to our Teespring store where we have products such as this shirt, which is comfortable, durable, long lasting. We have glassware. We have other great products that I know you will enjoy. There's also, we have PayPal. And through there, you can just make a contribution of whatever you want and it will support the podcast. Again, thank you so much for all of you watching and listening today. And if you can, Please support the podcast. Give a little bit. It'll go a long ways. And we can get those wrestlers and people on here that require financial compensation. Thank you again and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm your host, Brian Ferguson. My guest today is the co-host of the preeminent number one (laughs) AWA streaming podcast on the internet and a WCCO radio producer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor and privilege to introduce Mr. Chris Tubbs. Chris, thanks for coming on today. Thank you, Brian. Yes, and uh, that is all self-proclaimed. Nobody else has called us preeminent and uh, number one, but I am what uh, Jim Rome would say. I'm self-glossing. Yes. And to quote George Casanza, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I I watch the podcast. It's great. You guys have a lot of great uh, interactions with your guests and amongst yourselves, you know. I appreciate uh, you that. You and Mick uh mick is a great guy i interviewed him uh, a few weeks back and uh very down to earth very uh uh very nice person uh has a lot of knowledge about the business not just the awa but other indies as they call them or territories from back in the day mm-hmm. and i want to thank you again for coming on so let's get started a little bit let's talk a little bit about yourself tell us about uh how you grew, where you grew up, I'm assuming the Twin Cities area, uh, kind of your childhood, schooling, that kind of thing, if you would, please. Well, I actually grew up in southwestern Minnesota, uh, about two and a half hours away from the Twin Cities, uh, born in a, a town called Marshall, which is about, you know, maybe 15,000 people. And, you know, kind of grew up in a small town outside of Marshall, probably about 800. Um, and, 
you know, just, you know, typical small town, you know, kind of everybody knew everybody. And, and, you know, it was, you know, as I say, it was a simpler time back then, but yeah. you know, nothing, you know, nothing too extreme, just, you know, played my sports, watched my wrestling, you know, did typical kid stuff, got into the usual shenanigans, you know, started chasing girls unsuccessfully and never caught. Well, I caught one later in life, but I was I, say you're married. I know that. So. Uh, I know. Right. Well, at least I caught one in my life. Uh, but yeah, it was just a, you know, just a regular small town, you know, existence, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, you're a producer for a radio station, so I'm assuming you went to college. Yep. Uh, did you major in broadcasting or did you just land in this by luck or how did that work out for you? Well, I, when I was growing up, I always, I, I was a big sports fan and I always wanted to be in broadcasting. So I decided at a young age that that's what I wanted to do. And it's, it's weird because when you get to college, they say that on average, or at least it used to be on average, somebody would change their major, I don't know, seven times. So at that point I was, I, I just, I knew this was what I wanted to do. Um, and I like to talk, I like sports. So I kind of figured I'd put it all together. And it's interesting because, you know, I, I kind of got, into some trouble as a kid. I mean, I, I did. I, I was just, I was bad news. And I mean, I, I, you know, I'll just be honest. I, you know, I figured that when I got to high school, a lot of my friends were going to the same colleges, you know, they were going to, you know, South Dakota state, or they were going to, you know, USD, or they were going to university of Minnesota, you know, some of the random colleges up here. And I said that if I, no disrespect to my friends, because I'm still friends with a lot of them from high school, but I decided that if I really wanted to do something different, I had to kind of take a chance and go out on my own. Yeah. So I went to college at North Dakota State up in Fargo. Oh. And yeah, I, I was the only one in my high school class, but I felt like if I really wanted to try and accomplish something and, and become a broadcaster because I mean, you know, Brian, that's, I think a lot of people, they kind of, they kind of fall back in with that, with their, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you've got these friends and you know, you go and then you come back. I didn't want that. I wanted to do something and I really wanted to see if I could do it and went to college, North Dakota state always did broadcasting um, started at a, a big time radio station up here at KFGO uh, producing and board opting and then got into the hosting and, you know, ironically enough, hosting a, uh, a wrestling show with my friend, Jason Spies. It was called the power hour during oh, the, uh, the okay. Monday night wars. Okay. And it was massive. It was like, it was the biggest show that the station had. They didn't want to admit it because it was a wrestling, you know, and a wrestling <laughs> yeah. taboo. But no, and kind of a, a long story longer. That's just yeah. See, so yeah, I went to college, North Dakota State, and something I've always wanted to do, and here I am. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, oh, your child. It sounds like you turned yourself around, which is great. I mean, mm -hmm. some people just can't do it, and fortunately, you were you had the mindset to do that, so that's great to hear. Let's talk about pro wrestling. You know, you said you had a, a power hour show yes, on your radio yep. state. So when did you start watching? I, I know you did as a kid, but uh, what attracted you to it, I guess, is the term I'm trying to 
views? I, I think I just, I think I enjoyed the stories. I think I enjoyed the drama and I started watching in maybe the mid eighties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe 85, 86. So probably, you know, after Hulk Hogan had left the, the AWA. So I, you know, I hear a lot of, you know, I didn't get a chance to see the AWA heyday and I didn't, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to connect with Mick and do this podcast. But, you know, I, I would watch, programming on saturday night and i would just be so enthralled uh i'd watch um you know wccw world class out of dallas you know i I remember eric embry and py chuhai with tojo yamamoto (laughs) that was one of the biggest like feuds outside of like the region the you know minneapolis st paul where i'm at now yeah i just remember seeing that after school and i i was just so enthralled yeah. And then I found out, you know, obviously WWF with, you know, at that time, Hogan and Savage and Andre. And I mean, everybody was just bigger than life. Yeah. And then there was this little promotion called the AWA that was, it was based out of Minneapolis. And I'm like, oh my gosh, something is based out of Minneapolis pro wrestling. You're kidding me. So I, I just, I instantly, I had to catch every episode that I could. Yeah. And it was it just, it, it hooked me and I didn't, I was just kind of one of those kids, Brian, that I didn't, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I didn't care what people thought. I didn't care what people were saying. It's like, this is what I want to watch. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing was like at that age, a lot of kids were watching wrestling. So a lot of my friends were watching it too, but I, I've, yeah, just the, the stories and the drama, like I, I was, I was hooked because these guys were just larger than life on my you know tv screen they're just these guys are you know they're superheroes it's like a man's reality show back in the day right the first one of the first reality show absolutely yeah yeah i can remember uh you know i'm a few years older than you but i at the height of the awa in the uh early 80s you know it uh you know mick karts is a big nick bockwinkle fan he had the bockwinkle brigade yep and I can remember him and Hogan going at it, but I hated Nick Bockwinkle as a kid. So he did his, he did his part very well. Uh, he did it. Like, I really hated the guy. I, I couldn't yeah. stand him. And that's, and that's the amazing thing now when you look back at it, because, you know, we've broken the kayfabe. Now, yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, everything is out in the open. Yeah. And these people that you saw on your TV screen, we really thought this is who they were. Like mm-hmm. we really thought Nick Bockwinkle was this obnoxious, over the top, pretentious, you know, well-educated, better than you, yeah. you know, putting you down individual. Yeah. And then you hear Mick talk about it and you know, like, he could not have been further from that. And I think that just shows like some of these, you know, some of these guys and gals that, you know, wrestled back, you know, before, before everything was really exposed yeah and just how good they were at their job and maybe how much now looking back in retrospect that i I think these people need to be given their just due yeah and it's just it's it's incredible because i mean you see some of the people nowadays it's like yeah i'm a character on tv then they get on social media they get on twitter and and, and it's like 
you're breaking everything down. And I mean, yeah. again, I understand that's the world that we live in. I, yeah. I, I'm not hating on it. Right. But I think yeah. there's just such a disconnect now. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. You know, you said you came in uh, kind of late 80s. There was still some kayfabe going yeah. on. Do you think that kind of the social media platforms has really ruined, not ruined, I don't want to say ruined, uh, not given the characters, uh, like, you know, a wrestler on WWE does the match, whatever, uh, they fight. And then if you go to WWE Network, they're on that channel where they're driving together. Yeah. I, I don't know the name of it. Um, but do you really, I mean, do you, I miss it. Do you miss the aspect of, okay, these guys are really, they really hate each other. They really, they really want to spill each other's guts in the ring. Yeah, it's not I, just an act. Yeah, I, I, I do to a point. Yeah. Because wrestling at its core is supposed to be competition wrestling at its core is good versus evil. Who's mm -hmm. the better individual. It's, it's always trying to advance something, right? Whether it's your quest in a, you know, to achieve a championship or you want to get further down the line, you know, with, with your, you know, career, whatever. It's like, there was always an objective with yeah. that. And, and it felt, it felt real. Yeah. And, and again, it, it doesn't make, I've said this and I've taken some heat for it, but I will stand by this. Mm -hmm. I don't think wrestling today is worse than yeah. it was. It's, it's different. And yeah. what I, what I mean by that is I, I think the athletes today mm -hmm. are incredibly athletic I, I think they're in terms of their athleticism i i think they're substantially better than they used to be but it's just because that's the way it's presented now a, a lot of it now is tv right i mean you look at what's you know wwe raw or smackdown or dynamite or rampage or you know impact you know mlw whatever mm -hmm. it's all about the tv presentation yeah you've got to be flashy you got to catch people's attention you mm -hmm. you know you got quarter of an hour ratings yeah. they really didn't have to worry about that back yeah. in the day and, and, and wrestling was it was also brian to me it was presented as real and i think yeah. that's the problem that if we look at people now and we compare them to actors in movies or tv shows or whatever yeah like back back then it was presented as real Mm -hmm. This was, you know, the bruiser, crusher, Nick, uh, you know, mad dog, whoever they were presented as this is who they are in real life. Right. Whereas, you know, movies. Okay. We know who, you know, we know Tom Cruise really isn't a fighter pilot. He's, he's <laughs> acting. Yeah. And it's like, that's okay for us to accept them yeah. as playing a character. Yeah. But why in wrestling? Why is it different? Yeah. If, if, you know, if somebody's playing a character, why is it okay for us to accept that in one part of entertainment, mm -hmm. not in another? I just, I find the double standard. I find it maddening. Yeah. I, I, I see your point with that. I, I, I do. Uh, I guess it's because if you grew up or watched it in that era, you know, where it was presented as so real, so, you know, and it has transitioned over time you know, to where now it is, you know, when they're on TV, they're this, and when they're off, they're 
they're a real person. Yeah, and, and I and I think that's something that's hard for kind of you know fans that have grown up with it. I, I think it's a little bit harder to mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit harder to grasp. It's a little bit harder to swallow. And yeah. and I understand that. Yeah, I completely understand that yeah. because you're taking what you believed in and the way that you did, you viewed it then, and all of a sudden, not only has you know the, the you know the egg hasn't just cracked. I, I mean, the egg has been you know, cracked open, it's in the pan and, you know, it's frying up on the stove right now. So it's, I understand where there's a little bit of resentment from uh, old school fans and, and yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. That's a good analogy. <laughs> the egg frying. I, just, I like it. I, I like it. I like I just, it. I just came up with that. I'm more than yeah, a that's, that's a good one. It's more like than a pretty face. The self-proclaimed preeminent podcast. Right? <laughs> Self, self-proclaimed preeminent line right there. Yeah, I like it. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about getting the AWA Unleashed podcast in the works. How did you, how did it come about? How did you guys get all this together and and get it going like y'all did? Well, when I moved back to Minneapolis from Houston, I, I was hosting and producing at a national network in Houston. And I get a chance to come back to Minneapolis in 19. 19 in in 2019 yes okay 2019 okay i thought you meant like 1999 oh no 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 oh my god yeah well yeah we're gonna party like it's 1999 uh but when i came back up to minnesota in 2019 you know the saturated marketplace mm-hmm. of wrestling podcast, you got to be different. Mm-hmm. You got to be something unique. Yeah. And, and the, the key to me, Brian is, is trying to find your niche. Yeah. You got to find your niche. What can you give to viewers and consumers and listeners that they can't get anywhere else? And I saw all of these podcasts and, and I'm like, why is nobody talking about the AWA? And I was doing some searching because I wanted to, I wanted to find something with the AWA Mm -hmm. and there was nothing out there. I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. So I, you know, and and, I mean, it kind of took me a little while to kind of process, I had to flush out some ideas. So then I was working one night um, at a radio station and we were talking, I think about Ed Asner. And I knew that I wanted to do this AWA podcast. I, I was still in the process of flushing out the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, here's kind of how, you know, how everything came together that I was working and I got this text message from like, Hey, did you know Ed Asner was also in the wrestler? I was like, I no, I didn't, you know, I, I had no idea. So I was doing more research on it. And the guy that texted in was George Shire. Ah. So I was like, okay, well, that was my first interaction with George. And then I I knew that if this thing was going to get off the ground, I needed people that had the credibility, Mm -hmm. that had the insight, that had the knowledge, because nobody wanted to hear from me. I'm a fan. I mean, I I didn't I didn't have that inside experience. I Mm. I can't sit here and claim to be an expert on something that I didn't witness firsthand. Like I'm an outsider. And I I totally admit that. Yeah. So when I was coming up with the idea. Nobody knew more and still does know more about the AWA than George Shire. Yeah. The guy is a, he's a walking encyclopedia 
of more than enough useless wrestling information. And I love him for that. So I knew that, okay, you had that. Then you had to get somebody who could maybe be a little bit more of a storyteller. Uh, growing up, it's one guy that I saw on my TV. One guy that I saw in the ring. And that was the voice of Minnesota wrestling, Mr. Mick Karch. And I I tell Mick this and he laughs at it. But honestly, Brian, like I was intimidated the first time. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to send Mick Karch this message. I mean, what if he thinks I'm some sort of total yutz? But (laughs) the the nice thing is the radio station that I work for is such it's got such a reputation up here for being a heritage radio station. So if, if you work there, you've got instant credibility within that. So now I had to try and figure out how do I present myself to Mick that he doesn't think I'm a schmuck. So, I, and I, yeah, I, I was nervous. I talked to him and I, you know, it took us so, you know, a few months to kind of finally cross paths. And I pitched the idea to him and we did a little dry run, the three of us, and it went well. And since then it's just been, you know, gangbusters. Yeah. So it's, I, I came up with the idea with those two guys in mind that's i don't think it could have gotten off the ground yeah. if it wasn't for mick karch and george shire yeah no i i think it's a a great podcast you know um i wish i would have thought of it first but that's okay <laughs> no hey man you're you, you, hey man you're part of it like again like i told you no i don't we're all just, we're all just people, no, right? And you're, we're all just, we're all just guys. We're yeah, just no, people. you're right. No, I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I think it's a great podcast. Copyright, copyright, <laughs> gimmick infringement, gimmick infringement. <laughs> but no, I think it's a great podcast. I think it's, you guys got on people that we haven't seen in a long time, not just wrestlers, but you've had fans on, you've had, uh, Joyce Poston on there, uh, Nacho Barrera, uh, it's 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 a great show, and, and that's and that's 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 all Mick. Like all, all of this, Brian. Honestly, it's it's Mick. Yeah, it's Mick. And before that, it was George. I mean, yeah. I I came up with the concept, but it doesn't. It yeah. I mean, they've got the contacts. Yeah, they've got all of this stuff. A, a lot of what I did at the very beginning because we we had the ability to put up pictures too. And I'm like, let's, let's do some pictures. Let's put up some of those that people can't get. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's all those guys. I, I mean, again, I, I do very, very, very little of that. I like to claim that I do, but at the end of the day, self-proclaimed self-proclaimed dude, you could slide in there and do what I do <laughs> and wouldn't miss a beat. Hell it'd probably even be better. No, no, no. Hey, I, like I said, when I started, I started this about two years ago, um, just as an outlet from the, uh, the pandemic, you know, because yeah. uh, I worked I worked for the Royals for about four years and then I fully retired. Uh, oh, what'd you for, do? What'd you do with the Royals? I was a security manager there for the okay, stadium, nice. for Coffin Stadium. Oh, yep. I, lo- I love the, I love the K. Yeah, I, I think it's a great K, place. I think the K is such an underrated ballpark yeah. Like on, on a summer night with. You know, all of yep. the blue seats, you got the fountains and you got mm-hmm. I-70 I in yep. the back. Like, yeah. I I absolutely, fun fact that at, at, it was actually at the K yeah. that I took my my father-in-law when I asked my father-in-law if I could marry his daughter. 
Yeah. Like, oh, wow. We were, okay. We were at a we we're at a Royals game. Wow. And yeah, because I I used to live in Columbia, and my wife is from okay. Missouri. So wow. Yeah, I mean, I I love Missouri. Mur- yeah. Missouri's a great. I love it. I mean, yeah. Missouri's yeah, it's my second favorite state. Oh well, thank you. I, I'm actually from Wisconsin, born and raised. Oh and, well, see now I'm sorry. I got to end this. Sorry. Uh, if it makes you feel any better. Oh, ouch! Get that off there, Ick. Fans, if you're watching, you see no, it. No, no. If you're if you're listening, it's a Vikings. No, but see, you see what it says. This team makes me drink. Okay, <laughs> okay, I got Come you. On, that man. makes. I couldn't see it for you. Okay, then I. That's okay. Then all right. <laughs> I'm denigrating my own football team. That's how we get that. That's how we get through the winter up here yeah. is by ripping on our own football team before somebody else does. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, let's get back on track here. Sorry. All okay. Right. So let's talk a little bit. You know, you've attended some wrestling. You went to Waterloo this past summer. Yep. Uh, tell us about the experience of going to the, the Na- National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, it was great. I, I, I loved it. Um, when I first heard about it, I, I was intrigued. And then the more that I saw things pop up on my timeline, um, I was like, yeah, let's, let's go. And I told Mick going into it because Mick had been there several times. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to follow you, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. Mick's puppy dog because Mick knows everybody. I mean, yeah. he, there's nobody that Mick Cart doesn't know. It, it's incredible. And the reputation and how well respected he is. I mean, that that's my gravy train with biscuit wheels right there. You know, I'm on that Mitch Karch bandwagon. Like, well, not maybe my not Mitch Karch, but Mick Karch. Yeah, I'm I'm in, maybe Mitch too if he's got a brother. I don't know. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. The, the very first we walked in, Brian, we walked into the the um hotel bar. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, there were people at a hotel bar at a wrestling event in the middle of the afternoon. Who would have thought? <laughs> You're right. Uh, all, yeah, all of a sudden people are like, oh my god. Like, and I looked, I'm like, okay, I recognize a couple of these people. One of them happened to be JJ Dillon. Another one happened to be uh, Barbara Goodish. Yes. And within five minutes of being in Waterloo, I felt like the whole thing was going to be fine. And it it was, it was just so great to meet, uh, just meet fan wrestlers meet executives uh we got a chance to do the um podcast collective yeah which was great because we had a chance to talk about our podcast and it it was just so great to to make some friends and i i loved it it was so casual so chill um it was i'm i'm disappointed that i didn't go earlier yeah but now I, I know next year that I'm I'm definitely have you go, have you been there? I have not been there yet. Um, I'm going next year for sure. Are um, you, dude? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll yeah. we'll meet up and yeah. I, I've never been to one, but I'm going to go next year. I've already planned it out. Um, yeah, I let's going- do it. Let, let's do it, man. Let's 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 connect in yeah. Waterloo. Let's do yeah. it. I'm also going to go to I'm going to the Califali Alley Club uh, reunion here in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. I see. And, and I'd love to go to that. My work schedule won't allow yeah, yeah. Uh, because I mean, we've got, you know, football and yeah. you know, what's going to happen with the twins and yeah. uh, you know, Timberwolves starting up because uh, unfortunately real life and my you yeah. know, job that month, you know, my job that pays the bills, yeah. uh, you know, I can't right. get by with my good looks surprisingly enough. 
Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. Let's I, do it. I, I have to make cauliflower alley. Yep. But yes, let's do the pro wrestling. It's see, it's here in the internet. As soon as you post this, the internet's in ink. The internet's in ink. You can't delete this because I'm going to screenshot the hell out of this. I would be like, yo, dude, we are connecting next year. Right. We're going to do it. We're doing it. Mark it on the calendar. That's right. All right. All right. Wrestling events. I saw, actually, folks, uh, I saw Chris on TV at the AEW event a few weeks wow. back. He was, I don't think he, did you even know you were on there until I messaged you and told you, or did you just kind of? Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I knew that we'd be on TV, and that's okay. why I was whoring myself out with that T-shirt. That was a great yeah, the, Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. mean, cause, well, when I saw the seats, yeah, and uh, I, I kind of saw where we were at, I was like, that's going to be prime TV. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Mick. I'm like, are you going to be watching Dynamite? He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, just be watching. Yeah. And, you know, I, I you know, I had a little interaction with Jade Cargill, thanks to uh, – uh, AEW for uh, for that. I appreciate that. Jade's a Jade's a great. She's so super nice. Yeah, she's that bitch on TV, but she's so nice in real life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I I knew that we were going to get an opportunity, so I'm like, you know, like Eminem, you got one shot, right? So yeah. uh, I was, oh yeah, I was all over that. I was all over. Uh, I think Rampage too. And if we could get one more, if we could get one more <laughs> listener, one more viewer. Yeah. pay attention to it based off of me you know wearing that t-shirt you know let's yeah. giddy up giddy yeah up. yeah so i've been to some events too like AEW, WWE. i think well but i went to one a few years back with AEW. i think they do a little bit better as far as interaction with the fans during the tv breaks i don't know how they did it in minnesota there but like wwe they shut it down. They, they the lights go down. They do their commercials and then they come back. AEW, when at least in Kansas City when I was there, they had somebody come out talking to you, kind of giving you updates on stuff, what's going on. Well, they, they, they keep you engaged. They keep you engaged. Yes, thank you. Did they do that in the, for your event as well? Uh, no, not not really. No. But but that was okay. Um, you know, yeah, WWE. It seems like right now, and I think now with the change with, you know, Triple H taking over, I feel like there's some optimism there mm-hmm. because I feel like Triple H, you look at what he's doing creatively mm-hmm. and he's bringing back a lot of the individuals and he's kind of blurring that line a little bit more. Whereas, you know, Vince McMahon was very set in his ways, yeah. um, but it felt very stale and organic for the longest time with WWE. I, I, I will say, that um, back in December, mm-hmm. uh, Monday Night Raw was at um, the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, the home of the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, Eric Rowan. Uh, oh, know, yeah, Redbeard. Yeah. Yep. So uh, talking to him and was like, hey, are you going to be there? And he's like, no, but, you know, let me see if I get a t- tickets. Well, I get tickets from, uh, from Etor, from Big E. And my daughter, and I feel like I'm name dropping here because this is the only thing I've, this is the only thing I've got in life. Um, but my daughter and I were sitting ringside and Finn Balor came out and he, you know, I told my daughter, I'm like, do this. Well, during the break, she's, you know, she's 12, she's over in the corner. He looked at her 
during the break, came over, gave her a two sweet like that, and then wow. went back into the ring. And she will, she'll never forget that. She will <laughs> never forget that. Uh, and the cool thing for her about that was we were at, um, oh God, what was it? Elimination Chamber in Houston in 18. I can't remember, but it was one that Finn Balor, and, and she did the whole Balor thing. So she kind of remembered that. Yeah. Uh, but, but outside of that, yeah, WWE just, they don't really engage. Yeah. Uh, they don't, I mean, even just like the people talking ringside, mm-hmm. uh, I, I tell you, who's really funny is actually Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn is hilarious yeah. ringside <laughs> because, you know, he gets it. And I yeah. feel like, I feel like people in AEW in terms of interacting with the fans and making it enjoyable for them. Yeah. It's it's more casual, right? And you yeah. have that you have that natural interaction where you feed off of people. Yeah. And I'm I'm hoping that we see more of that in WWE. But yeah, I, I think AEW, it feels more organic that yeah. way. It, it kind of reminds me of not necessarily the old uh, ECW, but yeah. uh, I went to a few ECW events, and it it's just it was very it was extreme. But oh yeah, it I've was, seen them. It, it was very. Um, it was organic, and yeah. that's that's very hard to get in today's wrestling age. Yeah, I think too it's a time thing. They don't because they're on TV. They have to have so much time to do their their match and their whatever they're doing. So yeah, and and that's the frustrating thing, right? Because you, you can tell when maybe people aren't as engaged as they should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, AWA, like Larry Zabisco. How long did Larry Zabisco stall before he got into ring? You know, I, I mean, that would be a whole friggin' two segments. Yeah. But Larry Zabisco was so good at it yeah. because it was psychology. Yeah. Nick Bockwinkle, same oh, yeah. thing. Like you, you didn't need, you didn't need all of these high spots, and right. you could take your time and tell the story. Yeah. And yeah, nowadays you're you're very regimented because everything's got to be segmented out, and it just yeah. it feels like it loses that authenticity. But yeah. again. That's just, it's the day and age it's, we're in it's because the, it's made for TV. It's yeah. not made for fans in attendance. Yeah. I agree hundred percent with you on that. So that's great. All right. One more question. Absolutely. Fire away. What are you doing now? I know you said you're doing, you're producing and stuff and you're doing AW. You got any other projects going on or upcoming events that uh, uh, you want to talk about? Right now, no, we, we, um, by the time this airs, we would have done our second, um, AWA unleashed live. Okay. Uh, we're going to try and do a few more, you know, just kind of hit and miss, you know, in terms of like scheduling and making sure that works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, possibly doing some, you know, private parties if, you know, if you okay. want to, yeah, people, you know, have us come over for a night of wrestling and, you know, Q and A and interaction and, you know, maybe bring an AWA star with us. Uh, also, uh, we have a reunion that is coming up. Okay. I've heard a date that's tentatively thrown out. Okay. But, but I don't have confirmation on it. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to put anything out there. In yeah, case yeah. It, it falls apart. Yeah. As, as of a couple of days ago, I know that there's a, a date this fall and and i know that mick is feverishly working on a venue mm-hmm. um it's it's going to be here in the twin cities yeah but it's going to be great like we are really looking forward to it yeah uh but yeah i i know it's it's going to be this fall maybe 
end of October to mid-November, sometime in there. So yeah. if you're a fan of the, the podcast and you, you know, want to kind of get up and close with a lot of these folks, mm-hmm. that's what I know as of now. But I know the minute that the minute that Mick locks this in, yeah. uh, we are going to yeah. just, we are going to bombard social media. So be, be, be prepared because we want to yeah. let as many people know about this as possible because it's yeah. I, mean, I think people want it. Oh it's yeah. Matter of, it, it's just a matter of figuring out logistics. So I'm yeah. I'm hoping cross our fingers that we have something to announce very very. Uh, I hope you do because I'm going to try to make it if I can. Uh, my parents only live a few hours from Twin Cities, so they. Uh, oh, where, where do they live? Uh, uh, Rice Lake, Wisconsin. About oh, okay. A few yeah, hours yeah. northeast of the Twin Cities. So yeah, we're gonna. If we can, we find out a date that you can make it. I'm going to be there. So, well, it's going to be on a set. It's going to be on a Saturday. That much I know. All right. All right. Well, Chris. Ho- hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. God, okay. I might've said, I might've screwed it up. Okay. All right. That's all right. We'll try for number three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Tubbs, Chris, thank you for coming on today. I really My appreciate pleasure, it. I know man. you're a busy man. You got a lot of things going on and you know, I really appreciate it. And folks, Watch their podcast. Listen to it, AWA Unleashed. It's on audio. You can get it on all the major podcast outlets on YouTube. I'll have the link underneath the description. Uh, they have AWA Unleashed uh, fan page. Uh, click like that, uh, and they'll accept you in. Uh, folks, Chris Tubbs, thanks again for coming on, my friend. I appreciate it. Um, Folks, if you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And we will talk to you soon.